Pop quiz, Darlene. Okay. What's the number one gripe that I've made on the pod? I don't know. Something gardening related? No. It's this. Paying people for the stuff you want should not be hard. Right. Yes. You've mentioned. Lawyers deal with complex issues every day. Accepting payments from clients should not be one of them. True. And that's why we use Helsum. They are a Canadian payment processing company with a great reputation for service and transparency. And with Helsum, accepting all kinds of credit and debit card payments is easier, faster, and more affordable. Yeah. Helsum was designed for business owners. Through their cloud-based platform, they equip folks with tools like online invoicing, email and text message payment requests, and virtual terminal. And they do it with an interchange plus pricing model. So we here at the Lower Life Podcast are really impressed with Helsum, and we recommend that you give them a look if you want to make payments easy for your clients. Just visit helsum.com slash lawyerlife to get your first $6,000 worth of processing free. That's H-E-L-C-I-M dot com slash lawyerlife to get started with better payments today. Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this short season five, we focus on entrepreneurship and innovation. On today's episode, we discuss motivation. We're asking ourselves, what are the advantages to starting something new and what inherent traits can help folks be fulfilled with their new venture? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Perfectly timed to the intro song. What a way to start this short season five. Amazing. How are you doing? What's up? I'm okay. I'm excited to podcast as I always am. Yeah. This is a highlight of the week. You just sit and you think all week, when will I be able to speak with Mike? This is all I want. <laughs> we do record Fridays usually. And it is a nice way to just end the week and, as we always talk about, kind of balance out the creative with the lawyerly work, you know? And speaking of creative and lawyerly work, this short season, three episodes, it's focused on lawyers that kind of start to create, to build something new, to go out on their own. And, you know, whether it's starting a law firm or an alternative legal services delivery thing, uh, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people who decide to step out of, you know, the traditional lawyer mold and try something out on their own. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> and you are our trier outer on your owner resident expert, Darlene, because this is something you have done. Yes, as have you. We'll we'll trade some uh, stories. Ish. Ish. This is part of the discussion. Yeah, and part of this season as well, I promise you, the listener, thanks for listening, by the way, we'd love to have you, um, but I promise you as well that I will be um, putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak, throughout this season, it, because at the same time that we're talking about building something new, I will be building something new. Right. So I'm benefiting greatly from this uh, mandatory mentorship that you <laughs> will be giving me via the podcast as well. <laughs> Um, I kid, and I, and I always benefit from your uh, mentorship, whether mandatory or not. Um, but you did start your own uh, association of lawyers, uh, Interalia Law. So mm -hmm. walk back. Can you walk us back to that where you were, be, you know, when you kind of when that decision was made for you? Like what motivated you? What was the thing? What was the vision? What was your life like, bef be, you know, right when you decided to go out on your own and start something new? 
So for me, I've always been guided in my career, and I've shared on this many times in this podcast, but I've always been guided by what do I want my day to feel like and be like. So when I was at uh, working in private practice, I felt like it would be really good if I could work on subject matter that I enjoyed within, within the business. That was something that I wanted to do. So I moved in-house and I practiced in-house for many years. And when I was in-house, I was thinking, I think that having interacted with so many entrepreneurs and business people and really loving the business, I loved the business of uh, the record label business that I was a part of. I just thought it was such an interesting way to to process the world working within that business. But I didn't really, I did feel the entrepreneurial leaning. So anyone who has felt that, it's very hard to mistake. If you ever have a, a just a, a feeling that you need to try something on your own, it's very hard to ignore if you're a true person with some entrepreneurial bent inside. So for me, it was about, can I create something? Can it be something valuable on my own that hasn't existed before? And can I improve and innovate on some things that I think are very obvious problems with the current model? And can I build something that is what a place I want to work and a, a law firm I think I need <laughs> as an in-house counsel? So that for me was the motivation when I set out on my own. What was that like place you wanted to work? Were there like were there core values? Was there or you know that vision of your day? Like what was in your mind? What was included in those things when you when you started? Yeah, I, anyone who has worked with me, you probably know this. I'm not a big fan of things like recurring meetings without an agenda. <laughs> you know, I find that working within a structure has it, the things about the structure. So I was interested in starting a, uh, a business where we would just do what made sense at all times and wouldn't be governed by any legacy or levels of bureaucracy or approval tiers or anything like that. And we would start where we wanted to. Uh, my old boss used to say, begin as you wish to proceed. So I started without all of that. I wanted low overhead. I wanted to work with people that I felt were sharing incentives to me so that I wanted everyone to have the same objectives as opposed to trying to bring people on board when objectives were not the same. Things like that. I mean, for someone, I've now been running my business for seven years and I can look back on it with some hindsight. It was not planned like that. The things that I wanted were to have control over my day in a number of hours spent sort of way, to work with really solid people that I felt were uh, aligned in interest, and to find a way to work on things that I enjoyed while having time to have a life outside the office. That was, those were the three main goals. This might be, I don't know what the answer, well, obviously I don't know your answer to a lot of this stuff, but I'm curious uh, about if any of the vision was informed by stuff you just didn't like that you encountered before. Like I, I, I often, I find, you know, there's the saying that like you learn the most from a bad boss or something. Um, were there experiences that you had along the way at any point in your life, like not just practicing law, um, but in other jobs and other roles where you were just like that thing, I just, it can't be part of what I am creating. Not per se. I would definitely say I was moving towards something that I thought would be great more than away from something. I definitely felt a high level of stress and 
uh, I always feel a high level of stress. Even I joke with people, but even when I was a restaurant hostess in high school, I felt it to be stressful <laughs> because you want to do a good job. And when you care, it can be the type of organization that you work within can really impact your stress level. So I, I wanted to take what I'm, what I do well, which is I do care a lot and I do really put my heart and soul into things and just make sure that it was in a safe environment. <laughs> so sometimes when you work in a corporation, for example, you might love a project that you're working on and it might not be a company priority. And that might be something that you just look at it and think, I think this would be better if it could be something that just, I'm in charge of the beginning, the middle and the end and all the execution. And for some people, they might not like that idea at all. But for me, the idea of having um, soul control, Darlene so. only. <laughs> I think <laughs> as opposed to control, I think it's just um, one feeling I had was I work, you know, really hard. And I think that it would be nice to be working for, in my case, like for me and something that I'm building as opposed to uh, you know, an international head office or whatever, you know, it just felt very remote. And I was starting to feel that it might, it might be nicer to have just a local kind of thing that I'm working on. I don't need, I don't have delusions of grandeur, but as opposed to that, you know what I mean? Well, I think, sense? you know, we're talking about motivation right now, that kind of like beginnings of it all. I think that's a common motivator for folks who do step out side of a normal so to speak job and start something on their own and so much of it is like i i work really hard i think that i want to benefit from that work more you know i think and and that that benefit could come in a number of ways it's not just financial um but that's i think that's a helpful note to kind of like put a bow on this motivation part of just like everybody will have something deep down some sort of drive as you said you know an inkling of just like you know i felt for years that i wanted to just create something on my own or this feeling of you know i i I think I can do this and I, and I want to have control of it. You know, whatever it is, there's a motivation there. And then so now in our industry, you know, there's the traditional firm model. And so that is an option for anybody wanting to start something is that you could decide to start a traditional law firm. Now there's alternative structures as well, uh, freelance and so on. So I suppose the next step is figuring out what models exist um, are available to you and you would best work within um, because different models require different skills and roles to be taken on. For sure. And I think if you're sitting in a tower or inside a corporation right now thinking, I really want to start my own thing. I want to do my own law firm. I could do this. You know, I think really spend the time to deeply uh, interrogate yourself on that. <laughs> Because I think the first thing is a lot of people don't even really deeply understand law firms and how they're structured and why. And I would honestly put myself in that camp. I had been an associate at a law firm, but I didn't really, we're not taught about law firm economics at school, um, at law school. And I think it would be a good investment of time to really consider how does it work? Why are they structured as partnerships? Typically, you know, how does which pieces of the law firm model are just about profit and which have a really important um, reason that they exist. Because that will give you a bit of a blueprint of what you can improve on or how you would want to run it in your own space. And the second thing I would say is 
consider which part of the law you love. I know that sounds like a very strange thing to say, but if you're someone who really loves just the hour, billing the hours and working on the client files, question how much you enjoy admin and things like that, setting things up, doing routine things that are non-billable, because those are a pretty substantial part of starting your firm at the beginning. And then branding and setting up all kinds of, um, you know, the forward facing part of your of your business, that's something to consider. And then really ask yourself, and, and I think this can be, this is something I ask everyone to do when joining Interalia is just really sit down and think about what does business development look like for you? How do you do it? Who would you approach? What, what's on that list? You know, and is it, does it match with what you, where you want to be when you create this business or this law firm? It's very illuminating. And those are the places to start, I think. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like there's this push and pull between the model that you want to adopt and your skills and interests, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so it, 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 it feels like, you know, I'm going to get to an exercise that I've done um, that is, you know, kind of similar to this, of, feel, of figuring out like what are the traits about myself that I think are strongest? Like what are my, what are my best abilities? What do I like doing the most? And then uh, what am I fulfilled by? And then, you know, running those things uh, into a model where they're best exploited, right? Where the, the, the most advantage comes from those elements. And so if you hate admin, you know, you're not running an admin heavy law firm. You're, you're looking at a different model. Perhaps, Darlene, that was why you were interested in like making things really lean um, and not serving this, you know, grand structure because it wasn't something that really you liked. Yeah. And I don't love hierarchy and bureaucracy for the sake of it. And I find that when it depends... Well, really... anybody who loves hierarchy and bureaucracy, put up your hand, everybody. <laughs> right in. <laughs> there up. are those people, the hierarchy and bureaucracy people, they're going to come for you. Big hierarchy is, you know, they're going to blow up our Twitter. Uh, a big problem on our hands here, darling. Just so well, many people. I, it's funny. And it is, it is funny because surely no one likes that. But I do find that you know, there's a certain comfort that kind of grows in organizations where, you know, something's going to move along at a very slow pace. And that's, a, that's comfortable, right? Um, you know, and that something you finish your is work. What it is. <laughs> yeah, and some people don't mind that. And yeah. they find that's okay. And I think some people really don't thrive in that environment. And for me, I can tell you, I do not thrive in that environment. Um, I see the reason for it. And I understand some of it. Um, but I, I think when you consider what you're building, that is something that in a new organization certainly is not present unless you build it. So I've tried not to build it. Yeah. And so a lot of, well, instead of trying not, you know, focusing on the negative of what not to build, um, there's a great way to focus on the positive of what to build. And we've been leading to it a bit, but it's actually figuring out, uh, you know, I think everybody's heard this phrase a million times at this point, but your why, right? What exactly is unique to you? As I mentioned, your best traits, the things that, you know, are aligning with purpose that you feel is important. What actually, you know, is the foundation uh, that you'll put all this stuff onto? And hopefully if you can figure out the foundation well, then, you know, your efforts will not only be successful, but also be fulfilling. 
Right. I think the way to start with, with figuring out your why is like, Mike, in your life, what have you most, what has always been true? So you can kind of identify that you've seen it throughout that might be relevant to the type of business that, you know, the type of law firm that you want to start or the type of business. Yeah. So I have the benefit of having recently gone through the exercise that uh, Jay Shetty has in his uh, book, Think Like Mm -hmm. a Monk, um, Mm -hmm. about Dharma. Uh, And basically, I think this is like really similar to what we're talking about. So, you know, as he talks about in his book, Dharma is a Sanskrit word uh, and is the intersection between Varna and Seva in, in Sanskrit. And that basically means it's where your passion, like Varna is passion and expertise and Seva, I don't know if I'm saying that properly, my apologies, um, is being compassionate and caring and understanding um, the need of a group of people. So basically, like if you can line up what you're interested in, what you're good at to serving a group of people that you understand, then that's like, that's your wheelhouse, right? That is where you are best and that, you know, a, a lot of this can be driven uh, and understood through the why, so to speak, lens. So he has a helpful, like, it's a literal, just like, you know, it, it kind of felt um, like, you know, when you're uh, like, it's Seventeen Magazine or whatever these, uh, you know, these magazines when we were kids used to have quizzes and you'd be like A, B, C, D, and then you'd be assigned to, you know, you're a unicorn or whatever. Um, <laughs> he has one of those uh, it, for this exact purpose, because um, the Dharma profiles, there's four of, there's leader, maker, creator, or guide. Um, and I did the thing. And it turns out I'm a guide and I, and I read, you know, the summary of it and I think it really aligns with me. So, hmm. um, that's what I would have picked. Yeah. Those four. Yep. Did you do this? I know, but from when you were just saying what the four, I'm like guide. Oh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. that works. So, so guides are basically, uh, teachers, guides, gurus, coaches, mentors, their skills are learning, studying, sharing knowledge and wisdom. Um, and, and basically the idea uh, a guide's major strength is to be paired with um, a leader or creator uh, who are the people who are, you know, d- actively out there doing stuff or leading people. This is kind of like the advisor type person that we see with, you know, uh, speaking of uh, hierarchies, king, queen sort of thing. You have the person on the side, right? Um, and so that that's where I am at. So if I were to be starting something new, a lot of it, if I was doing it properly, would be focused on fulfilling those things about me that are inherent. Basically, mm. a need to teach, coach, bring people along, help people, um, you know, with something that they're doing. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, obviously, <laughs> practicing law is very useful <laughs> as a tool right. to fulfill this, um, especially the type of law that we practice because we work with people that are innovating and trying something new every day. Um, and so, or, or also we work with folks who um, might not normally work with a contractor, with a lawyer. And so there's an education role there as well and a guiding role there as well. Um, so so to, to kind of answer your question by walking through uh, that piece in his book, that's where I think I am best. And that would be my why of creating is I want to be able to, you know, find people that need help, apply my expertise so that, um, you know, they're better off because they have dealt with me, basically. Right. That makes perfect sense. Did you have like a camp counselor? Like if you go back, do you see like places in your life going way back where you're doing this in other contexts? 
Okay, so for me, always in my life, I think, at least from like junior high onward, the way that I could, you know, find a role in a group as a helper, as like, you know, someone who's working for the benefit of everybody clearly, that was like, I would instantly gravitate to that um, Mm. and feel most comfortable there. And if I'm in a group and, and I'm not clearly identified as that type, I feel kind of like lost. Does that make hmm. sense? Yes. That's very good to know about yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, that's what I, it is. I always find that like, yes, there's the temptation, not the temptation. The way that we're doing things is we're learning about self-help. We're learning these methods. We're applying them. We're on this journey. We're sharing it with listeners. But at the end of the day, something that I think gets lost is that we're something really important when you're starting your own business is just to know yourself so well and to take the time to do that. So in my case, I've definitely taken a bunch of time off in my life where it was just a little bit of introspection and I got to know myself. You get to see yourself in different contexts. You get to see what is consistent, what's always present and what is of the moment. And that's been the greatest teacher for me. So when I ask other people to consider, you know, coming on and joining Interalia or making a big life move, I always say, like, dig way back and see if this is something that you've always been thinking about. You know, if entrepreneurialism is something you're thinking about in reaction to a bad current job or situation, check maybe if it was there before. (laughs) Because if it wasn't, maybe not the thing that you're looking for. And I've had some amazing conversations with people over the years spurred by that, that kind of insight, right? So um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I was picturing you as a guide. I mean, I think it's very, it's almost like archetypal. These yeah, things. these are, I mean, it's a, it's a useful framework to walk through uh, for those of you that can find the book. I mean, it's not definitive and, it, and I don't think it means that's all you are, but it, it, it is, you know, your main strengths. And so, you know, I think it's, it would be also a, be a good way. It's just a good structure to, as you said, to come to know yourself uh, and to think about things um, and to understand your strengths. Like uh, people who get creators, you know, are very good salespeople, marketers and so on. And so useful for this entrepreneur CEOs like that's, you know, that's useful to know. Maybe that brings you, if you are studying something new to more of a, I want to lead it. I want to be an administrator um, and less of a, you know, a person who, still wants to be involved in the delivery of legal services and so on. So anyway, um, yeah, you had, you, I think, referenced a while ago uh, a Robert Kennedy book, yeah, that's mm-hmm. relevant on this. Yeah, so I really like this Robert Kennedy. He was a, he's a publisher. Um, he's passed away now, but he published a, a bunch of fitness magazines that a lot of people might be aware of. And he was always just sort of one of these people just always kind of trying to be his best. And, you know, I love these people. I, I constantly am so interested in seeing how different people come at this problem. So he wrote a book called Bullseye that I read. And there's a quote from a guy in there called Bob Proctor, who is associated with the law of attraction. And it stuck out for me for this episode because he says, anyone can succeed if they believe in themselves. And the best way to believe in yourself is to know yourself really well. When something works, I'm reminded that it ties into something else in my life that has kind of set up why it works. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not an accident, but I couldn't have planned it per se. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that I really enjoy is team building, like building a team of of people that are going to gel well together. And since I was 
a child. That's always been me on the playground. I was always the person who was friends with all the different groups. <laughs> you know, like I was never, um, I was always kind of bringing people together who maybe didn't appear on the surface to be the type of people type of people that would gel well. And I think when you're trying to match lawyers with clients, or you're trying to figure out who fits a culture, that's a very useful skill to have. So that's throughout my life in every context. And most people now that I've said that probably most people that I've known for a long time would would say, yep, that's pretty much what you've always done. So I think just noting those things about a person kind of can help point you in the direction of what might be Maybe it doesn't mean you have to have a business of bringing people together, but it's a skill that will help you in your approach to the business that you create. So even if it's a law firm, has nothing to do with that on the surface, that skill will help you. And same with your educational approach. I, I find the educational approach helps all the time with clients. So if you're someone who doesn't take an educational approach with clients, you just don't know that that's a helpful thing. But if you do, then, then it shows up. So yeah. I think as well, like we're in this era, I know the legal industry is a bit behind on it and a bit more conservative on it, but we're in this era of authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. When, and even major brands, you know, uh, international companies are all focused on like what is true to us and really embodying that in brand, in advertising, in product offering. And so it would, you know, not only be useful for building a thing, but also like being relevant in the authenticity conversation. If you know who you are and what your skills are, um, what your values are, all those sort of things, you know, what your passion is, what your purpose is, uh, that will only serve you well as you get out there and build. And so whether that's driving business development, you know, uh, working on your advertising running a social media page, whatever, um, clarity on who you are and what you're creating and why it's unique uh, is extremely important. Yeah, and I think that there is right now such a focus on brand. It's real. It's definitely something. But we're also forced to build a brand before we really know, I think. It's like being aware that this other process is going on at the same time and leaving room for it, too. You know, not to get too pigeonholed, because then you might find that you pigeonhole based on what you knew in 2017, and in 2021, there's no room to pivot yeah. or grow, you know? Yeah, I suppose my point mostly was, like, let's say you just know that uh, you're not a creator. Uh, you're not somebody who, like, loves to get out there and be, you know, the center of attention and... Uh, all that sort of stuff. If you're building something new, don't position yourself like that at the beginning. You know, like that not only is going to be awful for you, (laughs) like it's just going to be everything, every time you fake it, it's going to feel terrible, but also you won't be successful at it or you're far less likely to be successful there. Whereas if you focus on what your true strengths are, what your, you know, what makes you unique specifically, uh, it will be easier uh, and you will also, I think, you know, be able to show people your expertise and niche, uh, you know, in a much more authentic, clear, uh, and effective way. That was, that, that's what I was trying to get to, but I right. obviously no, wasn't makes, clear and authentic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. And I also think that, 
it's just you might not know at the beginning. Some like some people really know. I, what I've observed about a lot of people is some people are really clear all the time, and for others, it's way more of a process. And for me, I've shared on other episodes, but it's a lot of you know one step at a time, figuring things out. So. I think it it wouldn't be one size fits all like nothing is <laughs> that we talk about, um, but good good to point out. I totally I think that's a great point that you made. Okay, so to recap, uh, if you're a person considering about start, starting something new, uh, our su- humble suggestion, the framework we're starting to walk through in this mini season, uh, is to number one analyze your motivation, like what is what's getting you to this point. Um, and, and what, what, what are the meanings there? What are the things you can take to the next step, which is what is the model in the industry that you would best see yourself fitting into? How do we make that determination? We focus on our why and what our true, you know, strengths are, what the things that motivate, fulfill us, you know, what are the things that we see to be purpose, right? Um, and that will give you the beginnings uh, of a framework to start to consider and research, work through, apply as you start, you know, a thing that could change your life. Yeah. Good summary. Uh, hey, thanks. Uh, so uh, <laughs> as always, we will take a break and come back with our goods and gripes. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene. Okay, I have a good. Okay. So a good is a friend over the holidays introduced me to a virtual farmer's market, and I really enjoyed the experience, and I didn't know that existed. Obviously, it's in response to COVID times, but helpful anyway, right? Because these vendors that go to farmer's markets, you can support them all the time. So I've been thinking about that a lot since we had Graham McLennan on our show back in the fall, who was, uh, he's the host of the Chef Demoni podcast. And he really raised some good points that have been sticking with me about the cost of food and the farmers behind it. And I'm trying to give it some good thought and found that and thought it was worth mentioning. It's Uh, like going to a farmer's market, but online. Yeah. So all the so different just people fun. are there, different booths, just as fun. Do you like get, you know, you get the kids all round up, you yep. know, you get in your pretend car and then you sit in front of the There's computer. There's a clown. And, uh... <laughs> There's like a mime and, and a juggler walking around. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's not quite the same experience, but it does support the, uh, the vendors. So yep. that's my good. What's yours? Silence. My good is silence. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> no, and it's not like, oh, kids, blah, 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 blah. Um, right. No, I, what I have realized is that um, I think I was filling my day to with uh, f- filler, all the, like almost all the time. So mm-hmm. um, I love, uh, you know, we make a podcast here and I'm saying 
don't listen to as many. Uh, <laughs> I love podcasts. Uh, I love music. And mostly, like, what it, I just discovered in my routine, mostly there was always some audio in the background, whether working, uh, working out, or otherwise. Um, and, uh, for example, not listening to music in the shower anymore actually is I, I'm much more calm um, at the beginning of my day, things like that. Just actually, or just sitting and and literally doing nothing and i'm not talking about meditating or whatever but there's just like for a minute just like not consuming not anything music touching your phone talking to someone just like old school sitting in silence (laughs) (laughs) i know it sounds weird but it's very useful if you think about how quiet our childhoods were comparatively to now you know you if you didn't like what was on tv too bad for you you know what i mean like if you consider just the lack of i guess the radio maybe was on or i don't know i totally agree with you and i can do better on that i'm constantly plugging into some sort of um, audio when doing things and i think it's a good practice to stop every now and then yeah so my yeah that's my good my gripe, I got to tell you, I know I haven't mentioned my dog Rosie in a long time on the podcast. Um, I haven't. But Rosie is just killing me on our morning walks. She is trying to stop and sniff literally every four feet. And mm. it is, it is, it went from, oh, this is a nice experience walking the dog. <laughs> now it's like <laughs> pulling teeth. It is terrible. Uh, folks with old dogs, I mean, she's getting old. Um, if you have any ideas about how I can get my dog to walk properly, uh, please uh, uh, get at me at Twitter, Laura Life Pod, whatever. Send me some suggestions. Well, I love my dog dearly. She's spectacular, but she's the worst on walks, killing me. Seems I'm like taking deep breaths as I walk my dog. Like it's like I'm practicing patience with my dog <laughs> now more than my toddler uh, and you know uh, JK old. Uh, children so right that's a that's gripe worthy i sometimes walk behind people who have the dog that's sniffing everything and it yeah it's uh i see it it looks annoying (laughs) it looks gripe worthy (laughs) thank you um i have a gripe i've been listening to uh, a bunch as i've mentioned i seem to listen to a lot of podcasts and i i just want to gripe about this thing where someone's doing amazingly well in their life and the person like tells them oh i hate you you're like such a terrible i just you know it's a, a thing that people say in popular culture and i just gripe about it wait wait, wait what gripe. you know how like okay i was listening to the interview with dak shepherd and justin timberlake on his on dak shepherd's podcast which is the armchair expert and okay. I, I listen to that podcast when there are guests on that i want to hear from yeah and they have pretty pro you know long conversations and anyway there was a, a funny he was saying it in jest but he was saying oh i just justin timberlake he's so great at everything he can be on saturday live he can be in movies like he's just he's this person who really always succeeds and they they talked about that in a really flattering way and then at the end it was like and i kind of hate you like for that <laughs> And it was, you know, he he rolled with it well. And I'm just like, I don't know. I would be cool if that goes away in 2021. That and pick your brain. Oh, yeah. You hate when people say, can I pick your brain? I really hate pick. I'm starting to be more vocal about uh, preferring a, a more nice sounding word. I don't understand how the, those two things got into popular culture. Those are my grapes. <laughs> 
I would say they're uh, yeah, they're very uh, different types of grapes. Um, different from my usual grapes. No, but also from each other. I mean, you just like right. I have an issue with the way these three words put together. No, I think it's a thing that people, some people are like, oh, I hate you. You're doing, you know, yeah. that's so great. I hate you. Like, no, I don't like, I just, not the venue for that word. I, I don't like that word generally. I'm always trying to teach my kids not to, you know, bring it home from school or whatever. But uh, in that context, I just think we need to support people that are doing well or poorly, you know, either way. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Language matters, Mike. It's tr- I hey listen I totally agree. <laughs> the words we choose, the context I think it just really matters. So anyway, well this has been fun. Hopefully people have gotten a couple of tips, and if uh, if they're thinking about going out on their own, then this maybe is a, a starting toe in the water podcast. Yeah, and we got uh, two more episodes in this short season on the topic. So uh, stay with us. Uh, more to come, uh, and until then, uh, we'll talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.